Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. What's up, everybody? I am Milan Jordan. This is the MMA Daily Blitz, brought to you by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Hey, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume your podcast. And also check out our YouTube page. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Milan Jordan. All right, the just-concluded holiday season is generally a slow time in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, a lot of news outside the cage, but, cage, but first, uh, we'll talk about the one event that did happen since our last podcast. All right, the Bellator Rise and Co-Promotion event on New Year's Eve at the world-famous Saitama Super Arena in Japan. Uh, it was Bellator MMA's best five fighters going against Ryzen Fighting Federation's best five fighters. Uh, reminiscent of the big pride and K1 events held on New Year's Eve many moons ago in Japan. Uh, lots of pomp and circumstance, big production values, uh, pyrotechnics galore, fighters walking out in samurai costumes. Uh, at the start, all the fighters participating were introduced with the Pride FC theme music playing. Uh, several legends were in attendance. Uh, so that part was pretty cool. As for the fights, meh. You know, since the event was a Ryzen event, Ryzen 40, and on Ryzen's home turf, so to speak, uh, the fights were under Ryzen's rules, meaning they were fought inside a ring instead of a cage. Uh, judging was based on damage, aggressiveness, and ring control. Uh, all attacks to the head are allowed, including soccer kicks and elbow strikes, including the 12-6 to 6 elbow is legal as for the fights end up being a clean sweep for bellator winning all five bouts all five fights went the distance uh in the first fight uh gazi rabadanov defeated koji takeda by unanimous decision in a lightweight fight in the bantamweight division it was juan archuleta defeating su chul kim via split decision uh, in a flyweight matchup uh it was kyoji horiguchi over hiroshima uh, Oki, you, I'm sorry, sorry, Ogi Kubo by unanimous decision. Easy for me to say. Uh, the Cobain event was a meeting of featherweight champions, a Patricky Pitbull. He had very little difficulty against Kleber Koike uh, in a unanimous decision victory. Uh, and as for the main event, that was a pretty entertaining fight. It was a matchup of lightweight champions uh, with a combined record of 34 and 3 uh, with Bellator lightweight champ AJ McKee getting the best of rising lightweight champ Roberto D'Souza. Uh, these two went back and forth on both the ground and the stand-up game. Uh, it was a fast-paced fight. D'Souza was looking for submissions on the ground uh, in the corner, uh, but McKee was able to fight those off, and when all was said and then it was A.J. McKee walking away with a unanimous decision win uh, as Roberto D'Souza loses for just the second time in his professional career. More on A.J. McKee. Uh, it was announced Tuesday that he has signed a multi-fight deal to stay in Bellator. Uh, look, he is one of the biggest names in that promotion. Uh, McKee is also expected to be one of eight participants in the next Bellator Lightweight Grand Prix, set to begin later this year, uh, with the winner of the Grand Prix uh, being lightweight champion and also winning a million dollars. So it uh, does not suck to be A.J. McKee these days, that's for sure. Good for him. All right, most of the news of late, though, uh, has been that coming outside the octagon cage and ring. Uh, you heard about this late last week. A video surfaced last week of UFC President Dana White slapping his wife on New Year's Eve while the couple were on vacation in Cabo San Lucas. 
the video shows White apparently grabbing his wife by the wrist. She slaps him. And then he responded by slapping her in the face uh, before the two were separated by others in their group. Uh, after TMZ, who else released the video, uh, they interviewed Dana White. Uh, and look, he owned up to his transgression. Uh, he's saying, quote, you've heard me say for years, there's never, ever an excuse for a guy to put his hands on a woman. And now here I am on TMZ talking about it. My wife and I have been married for almost 30 years. We've known each other since we were 12 years old. Uh, we've obviously been through some stuff together. We've got three kids, and this is one of those situations that's horrible. I'm embarrassed, but it's also one of those situations that right now we're more concerned about our kids, end quote. Uh, White also said that, shocker, there was a lot of alcohol involved, and that he and his wife uh, have apologized to each other. Uh, they've apologized to their three kids. Uh, he also said that he can care less what anybody else thinks about the incident, that he and his wife are more concerned about their kids and taking care of their family. Uh, charges were not filed in relation to this incident, uh, nor was it necessary for security at this establishment where it took place to get involved. Uh, at this point, it's been over a week since the story has come out, and the UFC and its parent company, Endeavor, has yet to, been, has yet to comment on the situation. Very, very quiet. Uh, numerous outlets have uh, reached out for comment. Uh, as of the weekend, Endeavor has officially, quote, declined to comment on the situation and wouldn't expand any more on the situation. Uh, if White would face any sort of punishment or if the company would ever say anything publicly on the matter. So it's currently unclear if and when Dana White uh, will face any discipline for his part in the incident. So, um, look, if this was, you know, we had something similar with John Jones. That was all over the news. All the major outlets were covering it. Uh, and this is, you know, Dana White, he's definitely the face of the UFC. I mean, even non-MMA fans, non-fight fans. They know who Dana White is, right? I mean, he he's done so much good for the sport and for that company. That being said, he also should be held to a higher standard, so he should be held accountable for this. Now, am I saying he should lose his job? No, no, that's not for me to say that. No, but I mean, some kind of punishment, whether that means, you know, X amount of suspension, whether it's weeks, months, whatever it is, uh, counseling for sure. And look, I mean, he owned up to it. He didn't shy away from it. He didn't decline comment. Uh, you know, he didn't... He saw right there and he said, hey, there's no excuse. Yeah, I did that. And uh, he and his wife are working on uh, um, trying to make things better between themselves and also their family. So, but uh, far as that, but Endeavor has yet to say anything. Now, if this was a fighter, would they be just as quiet? Mm, draw your own conclusion to that. Let's just say that. All right. Meanwhile, uh, Dana White's latest combat sports adventure, uh, the Power Slap League, uh, was set to have his TV debut uh, this week. Uh, but TBS uh, has put off the TV debut uh, for at least a week, so it could come out next week. But the, there are still some rumors swirling that TBS uh, may pull the plug altogether uh, based on uh, the latest this incident with Dana White and his wife on New Year's Eve. So uh, stay tuned. All right. Uh, and one of uh, Dana White's uh, adversaries, Jake Paul. Yeah, he's back in the news. Uh, he signed a multi-year contract with the PFL. That's right. The YouTuber turned boxer. Uh, is going to compete in a new PFL division known as Super Fight with events on pay-per-view. Remember that Professional Fighters League? Uh, this year, they're going to uh, uh, dabble in the world of pay-per-view. They had been fighting on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Jake Paul says that uh, he still intends to compete in both boxing and MMA. Uh, no word as of now when he will make his PFL debut, but look for that uh, perhaps later this year or early next year. 
Uh, former longtime UFC fighter Diego Sanchez, he's making the move to bare-knuckle fighting. Uh, Sanchez is set to make his BKFC debut against former boxing champ Austin Trout on February 17th. All right, another news outside the cage. Uh, UFC, Bellator, Strikeforce, and Pride Fighting Championship veteran Phil Baroni. Uh, he's been charged with aggravated femicide in connection with the death of his girlfriend in Mexico on New Year's Day. Uh, the 46-year-old Baroni was arrested last week and was charged by a state judge in Mexico this past Monday. Uh, the general prosecutor on the, on the case claims that, that Baroni assaulted the woman and caused at least 37 injuries that resulted in her death. Uh, Baroni contacted police on January 1st after finding his girlfriend unresponsive. Uh, when speaking to authorities, uh, Baroni claimed that his girlfriend hit her head when he shoved her in the shower during an argument. Now, if convicted, Phil Baroni could face 30 to 50 years in prison. All right, back to some better news. Inside the Octagon, the UFC will have its first event of 2023 this Saturday with a fight night card at, where else? The UFC Apex in Las Vegas. Uh, you can catch this on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the main card, uh, the the uh, main event for the main card uh, is a matchup in the 185-pound division. Uh, Nasruddin Imavov uh, taking on Sean Strickland. Now, Sean Strickland, he's a very late replacement. Earlier this week, uh, Kelvin Gaslam, who was supposed to be in the main, uh, uh, main event against Imavov, uh, but Gaslam had to bow out of the fight because of a, a mouth injury, forcing him uh, to not compete on the main event. So Sean Strickland... Uh, he quickly pounced on the opportunity, uh, a very late addition to this. Uh, now, Sean Strickland, after being a top-five middleweight contender just six months ago, uh, thanks to a six-fight win streak, has since dropped two straight, a knockout loss to now-champ Alex Pajeda in July, and then a decision loss to, to Jared Cannonier last month. Meanwhile, Imavov, uh, who trains with interim heavyweight champ Serial Gan, has won three straight fights and has a record of 12-3, and three, including 4-1 and one in the UFC. In the co-main event, we got a couple of fighters going in opposite directions. It's a featherweight matchup as Dan Ige, the Hawaiian, who has dropped four of his last five, takes on Damon Jackson, who has won four of his last five fights. Another middleweight matchup, we got Roman Akapolov taking on Punahele Soriano. Uh, in the women's battleweight division, we have Raquel Pennington. Rocky Pennington, yep, taking on Caitlin Vieira. Uh, Pennington is riding a four-fight win streak, uh, while Vieira is looking for win number three in a row. She comes in with a record of 13-2. and two. And then uh, kicking things off on the main card uh, in the men's 135-pound division, we got Hani Barcelos taking on Umar Nurmagomedov. All right, before the UFC card on Saturday, one championship will have their 2023 debut with a one on Prime Video 6 card that will air Friday night here stateside. All right, folks, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow me on Twitter as well, at Milan Jordan. And that'll do it for this episode of the MMA Daily Blitz. As always, being brought to you by Fanstream Sports, powered by DSP Media. I am Milan Jordan. Enjoy the fights, and I will talk to you later.